welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here at my fellow no, uh, nerd host, Matt O'Hara. Uh, hi. Yeah. Hey, we made it. Here we are. Quite an introduction. First uh, episode of Rookie Breakdowns. We did it, Matt. We made it. We have? Quarterbacks. Oh, nice. Today. All right. We're breaking them down. We're talking about them. We're going to see where they're going to go. Uh, a preface to that is, you know, quarterbacks are definitely the hardest thing that we have to watch and scout on because people that make millions of dollars can't get this right. So... Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Take it for what it is. But I did tell you Baker was guaranteed to be great before the Browns drafted him. In the same time, the same time last year, I told you Baker Mayfield was guaranteed to be great. Yeah. And what, was he great? He looked pretty good. I love him so much. Uh, Man, do you know we got o- Odell Beckham Jr.? I die. Oh, my God. I just did it again. Oh, oh my God. We got Odell Beckham. We're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> So happy still. <laughs> Every time I think about it, my my cheeks just start hurting because my grin just so big. Lots of smiles oh. over here. Lots of smiles. Yeah, so we're back today. It's been a crazy couple of days. My house is some at one point on Sunday night it was like the exorcist over here. People were just vomiting, projectile vomit all over the place. It was gross. That sounds gross. I'm glad I missed it. I've been so blessed with like a pretty good immune system where I don't get sick very often. Everybody in this house, sick. Rich Dodson. Good as can be. Well, aren't you the lucky one? Drink a lot of water. Favorite drink in the world, ice water. It's Favorite. good stuff. Yeah. It is. Um, so let's talk about some of these free agents real quick before we get into the uh, quarterback breakdowns uh, and start talking about some of these guys that we like, we don't like. Not a very deep class this year at quarterback. And we'll look at it from like a super flex perspective. That's the best way to do it, quarterbacks. Super valuable in that kind of format, don't you think? Definitely, man. Um I think it's the best way to gauge. And, I mean, if you're going to go in-depth, that's the only only reason to go in-depth, I guess, is, is to talk about it from a, a super flex perspective. Speaking of gauge, uh, new Pet Cemetery is coming out soon. What does that have to do with gauge? The son was named Gage. Ah. This time it's the daughter that dies. Heard it's really good. You're into that stuff, man. Dude, Stephen, dude, if Stephen King. King does it. I love greatest author in the history of mankind. Shakespeare, pff, child, please. Orson Welles, don't need you. Stephen King, top of Mount Rushmore. He's the George Washington, that bad boy. Best author ever. But we're not here to talk about books, Matt. No, we're Nerd. not. No, we're not. Let's talk about some football signings here in the NFL. So let's try and get on these uh, a little bit quickly. As I dilly dally about, oh, the Stranger Things. Uh, I didn't get a chance. Trailer to, came out today too. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I, I got pretty like, good. Yeah, I saw that it was there, so I Fourth of July. I, is that when it comes out? Fourth mm-hmm. of July. I yeah. told my wife that it, that there was a uh, a trailer that we had to watch, but we didn't have time to watch it. Oh, take the time. It's nice. It looks, oh, I'm going to. Matt, it's engaging. Nice. I don't know if that makes sense. I saw the picture of it, and it looked super eighties and awesome. It always looks super 80s and awesome. And they filmed the season three and four back-to-back while the kids were still young. Nice. So, exciting. Very cool. We should do a podcast one day about everything that we like that's not fantasy football. We could do that. I think we've talked about this before in the past. People probably listen, like nine people. 
There's probably like 15 of our dedicated viewers. <laughs> viewers? Don't, please don't look at me. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about a couple of these guys we talked about last week, like Le'Veon Bell likely signing with the uh, Jets. He does sign with the Jets. He gets the money that he wants. He'll be the focal point of that offense as Sam Darnold grows. Nice little offense. I kind of like what the Jets have going on on offense with Le'Veon Bell, Chris Herndon, Robbie Anderson. They bring in Jamison Crowder for the slot. They sign Quincy Inouye on the outside and Chris Herndon at tight end. Uh, I like it. But I think it's going to be based off of, like, everything's going to run off of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, no, I, I like I like where they're headed as well. Um, they're they're obviously doing the right things to to prop up their young quarterback. And, and Le'Veon Bell is going to be a nice little fantasy asset and just a – Somebody nice to just dump the ball off to for Sam Darnold. Yeah, at least one year team's getting it right over there. Um, do you think – I've seen some people put some rankings out, and a lot of them have Le'Veon Bell down to lower first round uh, of a startup draft. Do you think people, are, since he did sit out the year, are just completely undervaluing Le'Veon Bell's skill set? Or is do they have a right to worry since he is going to be changing systems, changing schemes, uh, new team – who knows what can happen? Or do you believe that Le'Veon Bell is just that good of a talent and this would be no worries? He's going to catch a ton of footballs and still rush for 1,400 yards. I mean, as long as the reports of his like supposed weight gain up to like 260 pounds is a, are a thing of the past, basically, I don't have any reason to think that Le'Veon Bell taking a year off would make him slow and old and useless no people his value is going to skyrocket again by this about seven months from now i mean is he potentially going to be behind you know an offensive line that isn't as good as the one that he was operating behind potentially yes but he catches the ball he catches he catches the ball well and like you said they are they are putting some other pieces around him so it's not like defenses are going to be strictly able to key in on him i think early on in the season you could see some of that when because he's obviously the best player on that team um, on offense there. But um, I, I think that, you know, when that happens, they'll be able to hopefully loosen things up by, by throwing some passes over over the top of that defense that's sucked up to the line of scrimmage. Way to put some life in that com- conversation, Matt. Really appreciate that from you. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Let's move on. Mark Ingram signs with the Ravens. Love this sign-in for the Ravens. I think th- we talked about this last week and we thought – that he was going to sign there where they're going to have to run the ball a lot to help uh, Lamar Jackson. And to me, this is a team that's going to run the ball a ton. Mark Ingram still averaging over four yards per carry. I think he has a really good chance to finish as a running back one this year. He's going to get a ton of carries. They're going to ride him into the ground as his last hurrah. Mark Ingram, good signing by the Ravens. If you own him, congratulations. Yep. Um, it's a nice little spot, man. Coming from a, you know, obviously the committee that he was in there in New Orleans, he's 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 still going to be in a committee in Baltimore, but I, I think he is going to be more of a lead dog there. Yeah, I still like Kenneth Dixon. I'm still buying Kenneth Dixon. I want to see what they do in the draft, but I still like Kenneth Dixon perfectly to offset marking. Or we know he can catch the ball all right too, but I think they still want to see what they have in Dixon. I think Dixon's a nice little sneaky play there. Um, somebody I would like to try and trade for on the cheap. You know what I mean? Like, like hey, can I get Dixon off you for a sandwich? And and you might be able to get sandwiches. You know, you might be able to get him for a sandwich I at know. this point. Yeah. So that that's not a bad buy. Make um, the move. He definitely showed well at the end of the year. Make the move. We told you to make a move for Malcolm Brown. He just signed a got signed by the Lions to a tender, mm-hmm. uh, which is undrafted free agent tender, which is what they tendered him at, and so they get nothing in return if they do sign him. But he can come in there and play that like the Garrett Blunt role. You know what I mean? Like be that 
ground and pound guy, a little relief off of uh, the all carry on. on. And carry on. I mean, Malcolm Brown, he showed some promise there in LA for a short period of time before he got hurt. He's been always hurt, big time Texas product that never really came through, but intriguing there. So if you made a move and got him for real cheap, it might pay some dividends. Golden Tate signs with the Giants. Don't get that. Why don't you get that? Because I already have a slot receiver in Sterling Shepard. Well, I guess you could never have too many slot receivers. I think Golden Tate is versatile enough and has shown that he that he can play on the outside as well. You love slots. Um, love the slots. Yes, <laughs> but um, it's I I just think he's I think he I think he operates best out of the slot. But I don't think Golden Tate is only a slot. Or I just I don't either. And I don't know that Sterling is either. I don't think that I don't. I don't think so either. Uh, it's not a bad option. They're hopefully going to bring in a quarterback here. We'll talk about that later. But uh, do I love it? No, I don't. Okay, I don't like. Don't dislike it because of his landing spot. I just don't understand from the Giants' perspective why even like lose the comp pick of any comp picks. Well, I don't actually. Did they even lose anybody? They're not no, going to get it. Yeah, they're not going to get, get any comp picks, picks because they got they traded. But still, you gave him like twenty two million to get. To, well, okay, I don't understand it. I don't think it's terrible for Golden Tate, but he he might have to deal with a rookie here. But we're going to talk about some rookie quarterbacks, so we'll, we'll get into it. Um, Jared Cook signs with the Saints allegedly, reportedly. Uh, I saw earlier in the week that he's going to sign there as well. I think this is really good signing for Cook. Uh, he's obviously going to set a record, Matt, for most receiving yards by tight end for the Saints in their history uh, during one game because that's what he does. That's his, <laughs> that's his MO. That's his MO. So you don't think this is a stabilizing force that will make Jared Cook relevant, I mean, given his given his performance last year? You don't you yeah, think I that do. was the anomaly? No, I don't, I don't think that was an anomaly. I mean, any Saints tight end, if you're actually okay at tight end, then you're going to produce. And Jared Cook is – Slightly better than okay at tight end. And Sean Payton likes to utilize a tight end in an offense. They've been looking for a good tight end since uh, Jimmy Graham left. They tried to sign what's-his-face from the Colts uh, that completely just fell on his face from Stanford. Yeah, Fleener. Kobe Fleener. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so that was a confusing statement then. So you actually do think that he has a shot to actually do well. Yes, I do. But he will also have a mon- one super monster, monster game. game where okay. he catches 12 five, balls five for 500 yards five and touchdowns. six touchdowns. Yeah, okay. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, oh, he does it every team he's on. Yeah. Again, Jared Cook owns three different teams, all-time tight end receiving game records. That's what he does. Gotcha. Saints are a great place for him. Another big threat there uh, in the seam there. You got – you still have Mike Evans or Mike Thomas. You still got Traquan Smith we get a little bit look at as well. Of course, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. Offense is going to be dynamic as well. Uh, I like the signing. I like the signing a lot. If you own Jared, if you own Jared Cook and you stuck through it, last year was just a revelation, and this year it just got even better in my eyes. So, I like it. Ryan Fitzpatrick signs with Miami. Stop, total stopgap. Um, he, he, much like um, your boy Jared Cook there, will probably have a couple of monster games. Um, and unlike you know, Jared Cook, I think he'll have some really, 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 really crappy games also. He for sure will, um, but you get the ball downfield. I like this for Devontae Parker. Yeah. You know, with his – with his, uh, I mean, let, let's face the facts. Devontae Par- Parker is going to get peppered with targets. Right. Because there ain't nothing else going on there in Miami besides Kenyon Drake. I mean, hopefully they can get Gesicki involved a little bit as well. Well, yeah, and I like Gesicki, but I don't want to hear anything. A lot of people – I mean, we talked about this before. Kenny Stills. Like everybody's, oh, Kenny Stills, Kenny Stills. They have Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills was drafted in 2013, right? That was six years ago, Matt. Nine minus six is three. Yeah, so that's right. 
Got it. Nailed it. Six years, Matt. His highest finish in PPR leagues ever is wide receiver 28 in 2017. And a matter of fact, Matt, that's the only time ever that Kenny Stills finished as a top th- like wide receiver three. I, that doesn't surprise me. I've never liked the guy. I no, just, we've not, never liked that yeah, guy. Yeah, he's not. A, he's he's never produced. It's not. He's like he'll he'll flash every now and again. He can get downfield a little bit, but he's not a complete wide no, receiver. No, he's a poop sandwich. Yeah, he's he's the def, like he's right up there in the definition of poop sandwich. Like people don't mention his name. Like Kenny Still. Like if you have Kenny Still, like I have no problem cutting Kenny Stills off my dynasty roster. I'm like somebody, please pick that turd up. Please, come I would, on. I wouldn't have a problem. with Take a bite of that sandwich. Take it. Go ahead. Yeah, that's chocolate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it for Devontae Parker. Um, again, we mentioned this before. Like I, you know, he's my broke back. I can't quit him. So it's kind of like I feel like Fitzpatrick, Parker could be kind of a, like not for good for Miami year, but a good for a fantasy year where he's going to be peppered with targets and get a decent amount of yards. And then they draft a quarterback in twenty twenty. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Doug Baldwin has to get some more surgeries. He says basically glue factory. Hello, Tyler Lockett. Yep. So glad I gave up some 2020 first in some leagues for Tyler Lockett. And, Why? Because I'm a believer. And, you know, I, that kind of correlates with, with Jordy Nelson, I think, getting a little bit of interest um, from Seattle as well, who, who's out on the market now. Yeah, they could, and I can see them. Dra- I mean, this draft is so loaded with big receivers, they can use that guy. Right. Uh, so I'm really intrigued where they go in the draft. Uh, but news for Doug Baldwin his value today took a gigantic crash. Yeah, I mean, the I bubble think, burst. I mean, I think even la- at the end of last year, even last year, I mean, the beginning of the year, you're saying that he was going to be playing at like 80% all year, and it showed. He looked like crap. Yeah, I'll pass on that grass. Yep. Um, Tevin Coleman signs with the San Francisco 49ers. I put a tweet out there, hey, this is a good opportunity to buy Jarek McKinnon because Shannon came out and said, we're going to still use Sh- Jarek McKinnon exactly how we planned on using him when we signed him. They signed Tevin Coleman. They signed Raheem Mostert. To an extension, too. That's, so they got Matt Breda super cheap. They got Moser. They got McKinnon. They got Tevin Coleman. People are, like, freaking out. Like, oh, Jarek McKinnon is going to get cut. He's going to get cut. I'm like, I don't think you're really going to get cut. I mean, me personally, I think they're still going to want to utilize him in that passing role, which is the role I want in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I, I It's very confusing. And they've even come out and said something about using four running backs, four active running backs on game day, which is – to me, a friggin' nightmare situation, personally. For, yeah, if you own Tevin Coleman, I don't think it's a nightmare if you own Jerick McKinnon. I mean, I, I think... They're paying him really good money. Yeah. All right? No, no I know. They're going to utilize him. I'm not, I'm not like, hey, sell right now on Jerick McKinnon. I think you're holding, and I think you're hoping for the best, and you're hoping almost for an injury for, for one or two of these other running backs to really clear this the waters up a little bit um, and, and give yourself a solid week-in and week-out asset that you know you can have. Because I... We think we can have one with Jared McKinnon, but we don't know it with all this uncertainty with all these running backs on the roster. So, to me, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm glad that I don't have any shares of any of those players right now where normally I would love to have shares in a, in a um, Shanahan-style offense. Right now, I'm, I'm just I'm happy to be out completely of I the think, San Francisco 49ers running back. I think it's a good buy low on McKinnon and signs. I think it shows a lot for Tevin Coleman that there's teams out there that really needed running backs and nobody went out there and even got like running back. You know what I mean? Like nobody even really offered Tevin Coleman that great of a deal. I mean, the bills bringing Frank Gore, they didn't, they could have signed Tevin Coleman, right? The bucks could have certainly used Tevin Coleman. 
Eagles could have used Tevin Coleman. What about I mean, what the about Raiders? The Bears could use them. The Bears could have yeah, used them. The Texans could have kind of got out from under their situation and used them as well. So nobody really went out there and offered him money because they're all probably looking at like, hey, we'll do the smart thing and we'll go with youth and we'll draft the guy. Right is what they're probably looking. Right, at. And, and Tevin Coleman has battled, you know, an, a bunch of the soft tissue issues, you know, the hamstring type of things and stuff like that throughout his playing career. So maybe maybe people see that and they think maybe his maybe his speed and explosiveness have been zapped and that was his number one asset and hey, it's, it's only a one year one uh, deal I, I, essentially. I, I mean, it's, it's, he signed a two year contract, but it's only one year guaranteed essentially. Right. right. So it's, they can use a guy for under and it's cheap eight and a half million for two years. Um, you know they can get out from it whenever they want basically. And it's one of those situations where like out of all the free agents that like Tevin Coleman were someone excited where he can go to get his opportunity, like most running backs doesn't really get the opportunity that we, you know, that we thought he would get. Like, if you hit free agency as a running back, odds are some of that, like, luster that we all think is going to be there isn't really necessarily there. Right. And, you know, you were holding out hope with Tevin Coleman of going somewhere where he could start and be the guy. And this is, you know, you hear San Francisco, and it, it turns out, you know, after he signed Moser, it's not as dreamy as it would possibly look. Well, I mean, of the guys, there, were, there was a pretty big hefty list of, of running backs on the open market. None of them were, like, big names. But, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram were the only two that went places that you're like, all right, those are those are assets. Funny, the two best running backs. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, T.J. Yeldon's still out there. You right. know, he'd be a good fit somewhere for a team. Like, I would love to see T.J. Yeldon in the Bucks personally. But that's just me. But let's move on. Um, Tyrell Williams signs with Oakland. Again, not the most ideal situation. But at the same time, I like it because Antonio Brown's going to draw all the coverage and it's going to free up Tyrell Williams. Should help Derek Carr out a lot. I was going to say it's certainly a better situation than what he came from. You know, I mean, he's he's sliding basically into a nice number two role where he's going to be open. Again, essentially kind of a one-year deal as well. Um, they get out from that contract. Randall Cobb signs with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm a Cobb snob. I'm not really into Cobb. Too many, too many injuries. He's going to be hurt again. I don't love it. I think I'd rather have Michael Gallup. I, I would rather have Michael Gallup as well. But as far as Cobb going from basically having no value, I think it's it's not a bad place for him to to maybe regain just a, a little bit of steam and have a little bit of relevance. You hope he can turn into a wide receiver three. Yeah, that's what you're yeah. hoping. Yeah. And he's somebody that I'm literally like, if he does anything at all, I'm trying to sell for 20. Like if I can come away with like, even if it's a late 20, 22nd for Cobb, uh, some at point at any point in the season, you know, I'm gonna be that guy. Hey, can I get a 20, 22nd for Cobb? And I was no, but then like week seven, I'm still, Hey, can I still, anybody can I get a 20, 22nd for Cobb? And somebody's finally says, yes, I'll be like, Dan, I'll be doing like the rain dance. Like, I mean, I'd, me. I'd, I'd probably be happy getting a third, be honest, man for Cobb oh I would take that yeah I mean, but you know I'm just gonna you know sure I mean, shoot for the moon if you got him I guess but uh <laughs> moon's far away man I, I, I wouldn't expect to get a second and finally Tyler Eifert re-signs with the Bengals good perfect landing spot for him somewhere you're familiar with last year's injury was a freak injury his last couple injuries have been somewhat freak injuries nothing nothing, nothing like that's you know happening over and over again so I think it's a good spot for him if you need tight end help it's a good buy low moment he's still only 28 he's 20 I mean I don't know that I'd buy him, but he's 28. You were correct there. Yeah, I mean, he's not. <laughs> I mean, what, like, I asked somebody in our one of our leagues right now, tight end, like, what do you want for Eifert? He's like, I want a 20, 20 second. And I was like, eh. No, thank you. Yeah, I offered him Josh Reynolds. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of fair. He hasn't responded yet, but I'm like, that's kind of fair. Like, you get a upside if I was, receiver. Yeah, if I was to be offered Josh Reynolds, I'd take that in a heartbeat. We'll see what he does. Yeah. So let's get into it, Matt. Let's kick off 
our rookie reviews, our rookie breakdowns. Now, this is the first tier time you're listening. We like to, again, put you in position so by the time your rookie draft rolls around, you have the most information you could possibly have on these rookies. So we like to break it down before the draft where we break down all these players, give you our analysis on, analysis on them, and then we like to redo it after the draft. But it's a good base now because you go into, into them on their talent alone. Where after the draft, we're looking at scheme fits, opportunity, which really changes up the draft a lot. You know, like we can love Dallas Goddard. It's a great example. You know, last year he was our number one tight end that gets put behind Ertz. We bump him down a little bit. So it's all a lot of time. It's opportunity and scheme can change a dynasty rookie value drastically. So we'll cover here now. Then we'll get back into it after the NFL draft and redo it. We'll do a rookie mock draft after the NFL draft. And then we'll actually do some actual rankings as well. Rankings. Rankings. I got to add the G because people complain to me all the time. Like, why doesn't Rich say running? He says running, not running. I don't know, dude. It's the way I talk, okay? It's, I have an accent. I have a speech impediment. You do have a speech impediment. It's, yeah. it's only slight. Yeah, I, get, I can't help it, okay? It's the way my brain works. Yep. It moves too fast. I don't got time for those Gs. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a G thing over here, son. Sorry. <laughs> so let me start with this, Matt, before we get into anything. Who is your number? And let's, let's look at this as a super flex perspective. Sure. All right? Sure. Going into this draft, who is your number one rookie quarterback? Give me a name. It's Dwayne Haskins right now. Oh, it's Dwayne Haskins for me too. Yeah. It's right now. It's tomorrow. It's next week. It's next year. Two years from now, Dwayne Haskins. To me, he is the best quarterback in this draft. Okay. Me too. From for, an NFL perspective. For right now, yeah. For what you're looking at of quarterback. Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, six foot three, two hundred and thirty one, not very mobile, only ran a five four. Uh, 40, which is not fast, but no, that's no. not his game. Nope, not at all. Big 10 Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, if you want to hear some stats from Dwayne Haskins last year, listen to this. This is where this is what separates. 4,831 yards, 50 touchdowns, 8 interceptions in 14 games with a 70% completion percentage. That is... Matt, those are disgusting numbers. He's the best Ohio for someone that you know, you know, fellow Ohio State, you know, Matt O'Hara. Yep. Uh, that's watched every Ohio State game. He's the best pure quarterback I've ever seen at Ohio State. I I would agree with that because we've been you know we've especially lately have had just a bunch of running quarterbacks and stuff like that, or we've been working around a quarterback that couldn't throw the ball. And he even had some time in 2017 to come into some games, you know, where he, he had 40 passes, uh, 565 yards, 70, again, 70% completion percentage. I remember he came in the third quarter versus that Michigan game for a big comeback. Dwayne Haskins, stud. This guy's not a runner. I, get, I really compare him to Ben Roethlisberger, right? Sure. A big quarterback. He, he can move in the pocket. He can step up into the pocket, throw the put the ball almost anywhere on the field. He has pro day today. Looked even better. Like, he's working on his craft, and he's getting better. His deep balls were tremendous yeah. today. Tremendous. I, I was actually um, – I was listening to an, an interview today of um, Terry McLaurin, and that was one of the things that he had mentioned um, because he had caught balls, obviously, from, you know, T.J. Barrett and um, Cardell Jones – and I think Joe Barrow was the other the the other quarterback. He's like the, you know the, yeah, the LSU quarterback Barrow, right? Um, he's like the big difference is um, Haskins. 
he has an, he has a nice trajectory and he, he's able to get some nice touch on his deep passes and, and hit you on the outside shoulder where the defenders aren't able to get it. So so even Terry McLaurin w- was talking up his quarterback's ball placement, and, and that's like you know obviously in in contrast to these other um, these other past past Ohio State quarterbacks that kind of either didn't make it or or weren't good enough. So yeah, I mean, he put I mean literally he th- throws a beautiful. A beautiful ball, man. I mean, like he put, like I said, outside shoulder, deep balls, a lot of short passes here in this offense. And again, when you watch Haskins, it just makes you more fall in love with Paris Campbell and Terry McLaren too. I mean, it does. They're the, these are two wide receivers from the t- same team. Where I mean, t- t- I'm telling you, man, Paris Campbell to me is locked in as a first round rookie pick. And the more I watch him, because we're doing receivers next. The more I oh no we're doing running backs next we're doing running backs. but the more I could see Terry McLaurin just being an absolute steal in a rookie draft because I don't see him sneaking in the first round depends where he gets drafted but I mean he is gonna be that person when this is why you have when you have a high pick when you come away with one one and two one McLaurin's gonna be a stud McLaurin while we're talking about him was. Super impressive. That's pro day in, in his interview. No, just talking. Just he seems like a CEO type of guy. You know what I mean? Oh man, he, he was very impressive in his pro day today too. He's he's but he's got a great head on his shoulders. He's he's really smart and and you you can tell he cares um, an, an awful lot about about football, which is something that's important. You know, I mean, that's one of the hardest things um, from our perspective. Oh, the heart to, to, to gain, yeah, to gain. You got money, and what's it? Uh, so, so it is nice to hear you know the people's passion for the game and, and how much they actually love it. And and he's a stud, dude. Yeah, he is. I mean, he is an absolute stud. Love him. But we'll talk about receivers later. So we're talking about quarterbacks. So Haskins, you know, again, somebody that works to pocket well, knows how to step up into the pocket. I use a comparison to big, big Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. That's my comp to him. Mm-hmm. The strong arm big body guy if he has to move he'll move he's just lumbering but again he goes through his progressions he, he sees the field well he's had he had four receivers on his team Matt. four that had at least 669 yards and the leader of the camp you know was obviously paris campbell with 90 catches for 1063 yards and 12 touchdowns but i mean that's four receivers with over 669 yards 669 yards is a good year in 14 games in college football it, it definitely four is. of them. Right. Well, I mean, that just speaks to, I mean, obviously his, his nearly 5,000 yards of, of, of passing, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 and 50 touchdowns. I mean, he's a stat, a monster, and that's really what we're looking for in the NFL. Yeah, fantasy points. In fantasy points, in fantasy football is, is, is points, man. So this guy is shown the ability to do it. He's a big guy. He's not afraid to, you know, step into throws with pressure coming down right at him. You know, unlike some of the other quarterbacks that we're going to talk about in a little bit who who look like they're about to craft themselves when when pressure's coming. One he, worse than others, but yes. Sure. Well, yeah, one really particularly horrible. Might uh, literally crap himself. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I mean, Haskins is big enough, strong enough. He could stand there in the pocket. Again, he's not mobile. You know what uh, <laughs> Haskins' uh, yard per carry is? I don't want to know, do I? He had 79 carries for 108 yards and four touchdowns. That's good for 1.4 yards per carry. I'm looking at it right now. 1.4. <laughs> That's pretty bad. That's Rich Dotson category right there. <laughs> That's basically him falling forward. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. He was taking a lot of knees in victory formation yeah. to really back up that yard per carry total. Yep. But to me, he's a he is what you're looking for when we're looking at old, like 
if this was 1982, locked in number one pick in the draft. Sure. Like locked in. Typical size, typical arm strength, everything. And he's only he's only a one year. I mean, essentially a one year starter. He's super young. He's twenty one. Yep. He's got a lot of growing to do. Remember, Sam Darnold was super young coming mm-hmm. to the league, to turning in twenty one in the league. Hassan's got a lot to learn and grow into. And what I really like, what I've seen so far is from late last year, actually late last in seventeen, from the beginning of last year to the end of this year, this college football season, all I've been to is pro day today. I've seen Haskins progress throughout the whole process mm-hmm. and get bigger, better and better, but get really better at his biggest weaknesses was his deep ball where he'd overthrow guys or he'd get some fluttering there. It's, I mean, it's night and day for how much better he's gotten already in at what, 18 months where he's been like locked in really like perfecting his craft sure. at a high level uh-huh. so for him me if he lands with the giants for example and he will actually sit for you know eight weeks as i say so, half the season half the like, season yeah that's a good spot for him somewhere he can go and not be the guy he's got the arm talent if he comes in he you know he's going to come in there and play and he's gonna make some plays with that arm uh depending on what the talent is around him but the giants to me would be like a nice little land spot but at the same time, I think a lot. There's a couple of these quarterbacks we're going to talk about. I think the Giants are a nice landing spot for them. Um, but Haskins, to me, you could send him anywhere. You could send him to Jacksonville. I'd be okay with it. You could send him to Miami. I'd be okay with it. He is somebody in a super flex league that I'm taking. I'm considering top three pick for sure. Right? Definitely. Uh, if I really need a quarterback, he's my one one. If I don't, you know, I'm still okay with taking you know Nikhil Harry or Hakeem Butler there. Um, if I really need a running back, I'm still okay with Josh Jacobs. I don't care about his four six three forty. Doesn't change my effect on him at all. I'm um, with you there. I'm with you there. But I would make the case for Hassan's being a one one in a super flex league, a twenty one year old quarterback that can throw the ball anywhere on the field, really drive it out of his hands, really drive it through any kind of weather. Uh, I don't care that he's mobile. Don't care. Look at the look at some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. How many of those guys are mobile? Not many. They just have to be able to move in the pocket, and, and Haskins can do that. Yeah, he's love not, him. He's not too slow for that. You take him 1-1 one, one in Superflex? Yeah, yeah, I am at this point. Yep. Okay. Let's move on. Let's do um, it. We already talked about his, uh, you know, the deciding factor of him getting, being young and getting better. And I think his, I think the thing for Haskins, too, is that the deciding factor will be, will he get better over time? Will he progress? And I want to go back over the note. Like, I've seen him progress over the last 18 months. We're right, following him very closely. Right. So, to me, there's not a doubt in my mind that's going to happen. And and you have to you have to assume that he's going to just based off the fact that, I mean, this is a kid that, you know, beginning of the year, he was, he was trying to step into a leadership role where, you know, in the past he was – he was just, he was, he was, I, I listened to an interview and he was like, I was purposely like a fly on the wall. Basically, you know, I, I would, I would be there. I'd go through reps, but I, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. Like, um, JT Barrett, cause he was such a, a strong leader. So he was like the first three or four games of the year. He was like, I was just kind of trying to find my leadership role. So, I mean, that's, that's him trying to find his game in the first three or four games, which, and he still ended up with 50 touchdowns. You don't know. He, he just has a really high ceiling and as he as he grows and matures, learns how to read some defenses. Learn, yeah, I, which he hasn't 
fully done yet. No, no, no one really has to at an NFL level in college. So it's it's one of those things where he definitely the sky's the limit. He has plenty of room to grow and and a willingness to do it. I, I want to repeat the stats one more time before we move on. In the Big Ten, four thousand eight hundred thirty-one yards, fifty touchdowns, eight interceptions. 70% completion percentage, has 70.2% completion percentage uh, in his limited games in 2017. That, to me, is a short, consistent period. Yep. God bless Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to be a stud. Me too. I like him. Wish I had him on my Superflex teams. Mm. Moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about the complete opposite. Well, okay. No, not the complete opposite. Not the complete opposite. Not the complete opposite. Bodies, body type. Opposite. Complete opposite. Yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray, Murray, Oklahoma, five foot ten, two hundred seven pounds. I'm not buying that he's playing at two hundred seven pounds in the NFL. Um, dude's got an excellent arm. Yes. Fantastic arm. He's really accurate. Throws really well on the run. Very good on the run when he's scrambling as well. Uh, he's just an elite athlete. You know, he was a number seven overall pick in the major league baseball draft by the A's. He's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft most likely as well. A lot of people are, you know, the rumors are hot and heavy that he's going to go number one to Arizona, which to me I think is silly, but he is somebody that when it comes to athleticism is elite. He's just an elite athlete. Size is the biggest concern here with me. Um, Not only that, but sometimes like, here's the thing with Murray. Here's what concerns me about Murray. He's a one-year starter, right? So he's got limited tape as it is. Right. Um, a lot of things he does, I think, you know, he benefited from being on a really good football team with a really good offensive line, really good f- skill players around him. And Grant, same thing with like Haskins, we got to learn defense, but, you know, he struggles through going through some of his, pro- you know, progressions. Um, can use some more experience as well, which is a need to come along is for Kyler Murray. Okay. But he's a big time player maker. He, and who doesn't – his size doesn't – well, I don't like his size. He plays his size really well. It, it doesn't seem to affect him all that much. And that's why I was saying, um, you know, Dwayne Haskins is my number one for now. But I still I still do have probably four or five more games of, of Kyler Murray tape to look through. And I, I could see myself bumping him up above Haskins just because – He's so he's so good on the run and throwing on the run and just all around movement skills and I mean this is a guy that he threw for four thousand three hundred and sixty one yards forty two touchdowns yeah seven interceptions sixty nine percent I mean so the stats, stats are, great. are there and on top of that he rushed for a thousand yards which is gross a thousand and one yards so I mean from a fantasy football perspective. I mean, I'll take I'll take the extra thousand yards and twelve rushing touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like that's those are big time numbers, and it's not like he's careless. You know, he runs, and he'll as soon as he, he's one of those guys that as soon as he gets past the first down marker and third down and eight, he's looking not to get touched. He's he's looking to slide. He he'll slide with guys five yards away from him. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he wants to live. Because because he's five foot ten yeah. and and probably most likely plays at around one hundred ninety, one hundred ninety five pounds. Um, but but he, t- he it, but he's smart about it. And and I think if you're smart about it, you can operate like that. And as long as the whoever drafts him is, is willing to to 
use him correctly and and roll him out and Arizona use, and and you exactly and use the and and use the type of offense that will showcase his skills. I could see him being a better fantasy asset than Dwayne Haskins, especially early on um, when you factor in the running ability. Big, uh, big transition from the Big Twelve to the NFL. Well, I mean, look at look at our boy Baker. He, he did the exact same transition last Man, year. Talk about the goat. And okay. if, and big if, difference. And, if you're, and yeah. the one thing we don't know is is Kyler Murray going to work as hard as Baker Mayfield did to 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 make the transition. And you know, there's obviously been questions about his work ethic and all that. But who knows if that's all smoke? I don't know, I man. Have, I have seen no- that. Mike Trout contract. I might. I'm like, sorry, NFL. I gotta go. Well, <laughs> see ya. I want my half a billion dollars. <laughs> gotta go. She's one of the most ridiculous contracts ever. But but he he's a guy that I'm keeping a very close eye on, and and he may he may leapfrog Dwayne Haskins in my range. Dude, he rips he rips it, man. He throws he throws the best ball. He rips it. In in my opinion, he throws the most accurate and and the prettiest ball. And the he's nicest. a baseball player, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I like I personally like Dwayne Haskins' deep balls better than I like Kyler Murray's. I saw some of his deep balls kind of like you know just kind of sometimes flutter off. Like, okay, and, I mean, and and maybe that's one of those things where where I haven't seen the same tape as you at this point. So so you know I I like I said I I have to look at at some more games of. I mean, and I said I mean he's not. I mean, his biggest game versus Alabama was his biggest challenge, and you know he started off a little rough. He, he started off really rough in that game, and then came back and really got his stuff together there, and came up big time. Well, he like I like I watched that game going initially thinking, oh man, this is the one, you know, like he's gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find some flaws, and initially I, I did. He looked like he was shell shocked in in the first quarter or so, and then after that, he really he really manned up and and took control of that game, and and really. If you, t- I know you, you can't play football this way. If you took away that first quarter, they, they basically outplayed him after that. Yeah, I wonder even if like, um, like his size being so small because he's barely five ten, five ten and an eighth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's barely five ten, and like, does that help him because the defense can't see him behind the line? It could with yeah, his, with, elu- his with his speed and elusiveness. It's just his size. Like, they might lose him. His back size. There. I mean, because we got to remember. Okay, here is the difference when you say size, so, like. Baker Mayfield's six foot one, pretty much, mm-hmm. and he's stocky. He's he's got a really thick lower body. Yeah, Russell Wilson is five ten, but Russell Wilson's stocky. Definitely, like, you know, he's built up, and he's got that dude's never missed a game. Kyler Murray is a lot smaller than those guys. He is. So, I mean, I just I there's some worry there. Like just one good hit, and he's like his collarbone's destroyed. You know, like I, I, it's, and it's, I understand it's, that he snapped like a twig. On on the flip side of that, is it? Hey, Kyler Murray's been thinking he's going baseball this whole time, so he was unwilling to put on weight that he'll be able to put on now. True, everybody and, and, can put and, on weight usually, and and hold it now because uh-huh. he's not going to be playing baseball, and he's not going to be needing to slim down to play play outfield to run around like that. So. I mean, I I don't know the answer to these questions. I just I I think they should be asked, and, and I I mean we'll see. I guess is he your one two in Superflex? I think so. He's pretty exciting and, and very dynamic. I think he's got to be my one point two man. I think he does too, just because of the upside. Yeah, that that's there. Like he's somebody. I mean, the tape is so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm there's a couple things that just like I said. 
I mean, it's not just a size. It's a limited tape, you know, that's – and I, I say the same thing about Haskins. I was going to say, you can you absolutely know, say the same say thing. Say the same thing about Haskins. Uh, they both were on really good teams with surrounding players right. as well. You can argue that Haskins had the better receiving core there. I don't think you have to argue. No, you don't have to argue. Yeah. Um, so, to me – and I think Marquise Brown, uh, you know, I think he's a nice player. But, you know, from watching like Kyler Murray, like I think Kyler Murray helped him a lot with his speed. And uh, I, I like Marquise Brown. Marquise I'm Brown's like, like a 160-pound wide receiver. I yeah. Mean, I, he wears many the NFL level. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like, – he's like one of those guys I don't want on my roster. I, I, I haven't gotten in deep enough. Not to, deep enough. Uh, to, 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 this, to, to cast him that. off. But, but 160 pounds is 160 pounds. You know what I mean? Like That's Paul Tumbleweed Richardson that category. definitely right? – Strong wins – Gusts, you know, we'll have him rolling. Cyclones, don't. <laughs> you know, kites, <laughs> don't don't do well in the win. People like that don't do well. In the don't win. go play in Chicago. Don't go play in Chicago. That place is the windy city. Yeah. So Kyler Murray, to me, a lot of juice to squeeze out of there, man. A lot of upside here from a fantasy perspective. I wouldn't necessarily go into him thinking, "Ooh, I'm gonna get a good rusher and a good thrower here." And I know he's really fast, but I don't see him. Whoever coaches him, like you got to protect him. And I think I want to try and get, teach him to like, you know, obviously because of his size, he's going to have to roll out like to get sealed the line a lot. Like, he's going to have to roll out. They're a lot. going to, yeah. and he does that really well. So I'm not overly worried about it. But like, you're going to have to protect him because my biggest fear for him again is translating the NFL and then just being destroyed. Yeah, that's all. That is my biggest worry as well. Um, but in Superflex, I mean, quarterbacks are hard to come by. Quarterbacks that have a high ceiling are really hard to come by. I, I think you can. I think you can write it down right now that he's going to have about four or five hundred yards of rushing in his rookie year. Probably. And that's a nice little boost if he doesn't die in the first one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Granted, if he pl- uh, that's if he plays the whole year and if and you know like if he starts from day one. So right now we have our super. If this was a Superflex league, we have it one one. Dwayne Haskins, 1-2, Kyler Murray. I'd have it 1-3, Nikhil Harry. Yeah, I think I'm there, too. I'd have it 1-4, Hakeem Butler. I'd have it 1-5, Josh Jacobs. Okay. I'd have it 1-6, A.J. Brown. You better have A.J. Brown, yeah. I'd have it 1-7, T.J. Hawkinson. Okay. But now, but it depends now. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah. Because we're talking some other quarterbacks here, and it's a super flex league. It is. Let's talk about some other quarterbacks. See if we get. Let's see if we can find somebody here that's going to get a bump up All in right. super flex rankings. Let's talk about Drew Locke out of Missouri. I figured that's where you're going. Six foot four, two hundred twenty eight pounds, ran a four six nine forty. In two thousand seventeen, he had forty four passing touchdowns, led all of college football. Well, no, he didn't lead. Well, those are passing touchdowns, right? He had what? In 2017, never. Oh, in 2017. Yeah, 2000s, I was like, what am I thinking? I threw myself off. In 2017, he had 44 passing gotcha. touchdowns, which judge college football. Um, he had a 57.8% completion percentage that year. Kind of, 2017 was like a really nice year for him. You know, 3,964 touchdown uh, passing yards, 13 interceptions. Senior got a nice bump in his completion percentage a little bit by 62.9% there. Uh, somebody has a really nice, strong arm. Yeah, and and the one thing I wanted to touch on before we moved on to like the analysis of it, um, I can't remember if it was the 
the some of the tape I was I was watching or if it was the uh scouting combine, but a lot of the a lot of scouts were actually a little bit disappointed and thought that that lock took a step back in his senior year. And I think the numbers speak to that a little bit. The numbers do. He did take a step back yeah. in his senior year. Uh, just from overall, his completion percentage went up a little bit, but his overall gameplay kind of did. Like he looked a little bit more like a worry wart, I guess. And he was well. who I was referencing earlier when I said pooped himself. He needs a therapist. Literally looks like he craps himself. He can't handle the rush in his face. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's great. It's really weird. I mean, he becomes so flustered. It's it's his biggest albatross that he has. I mean, is is this guy like a Blaine Gabbert, like early on? Ooh, early on in his career, he's got a better arm though. Blaine had a pretty good arm. Yeah, but man. this dude throws freaking lasers on the twenty yard outs. I mean, ropes. And this is somebody if you watch his highlight film only, you're like, this dude's going to be a good NFL quarterback. But if you, you yeah. if you just watch his highlight film only, if you don't watch his whole game tape, right? That's why they call him highlights. Yes, <laughs> but if you do, I mean, he has. There's a lot of potential with Drew Locke, yeah. but he needs like he needs a therapist. Like yeah. he needs to be coached up a lot for his pocket. I mean, his when he gets pressured, his accuracy drops off tremendously. And and it's not even it's not even only like inside the pocket pressure. If there's like designed rollouts, or if he's forced to run it all, he no. loses all accuracy. Yes. Uh, I, ha- I have, I have here, right here, to underline. This dude is great when he's standing still. Standing still, if he's he, great, if he can drop back, set his feet, throw the ball, he looks awesome. If he has to move at all, he looks like a turd. In his big games, he did like he was wor- like the bigger the game, the worse he was. Absolutely. Like this dude is like something's going on in this dude's head. Where somebody has to get in there and blindfold it, yeah, and help put, like put the blinders on. He needs, he needs to sit. He needs to practice. He needs to learn how to move in the pocket. He he does a good job keeping his eyes downfield already. Like he does that, but again, like you said, when he has to move, his accuracy like literally just goes out the window. Like he could probably be like if he was standing still, like a seventy percent completion percentage, you know. But then he moves, and it's like, uh, uh, here, you take it. Yeah. Oop, it, wrong team. Yep, that's what it looks like. He looks like he just completely gets flustered and just – and it looks like he just wants to get rid of the ball. Like, uh, uh, out of bounds it goes. There it is. <laughs> so, but he's intri- – like, so in the Superflex League, he's intriguing. He's intriguing right? because when you see the good passes, they look so good. So say Drew Locke gets drafted by the Denver Broncos. Let's just – because that's where all the – like. That's where he's been rumored to go, right? Sure. The Denver I Broncos. I mean, I could see that. Um, you know, drive the ball up there. Give give him time to sit behind Flacco for a year or two, and and couple and, of years if need be, because you get off of Flacco whenever. Sure. Well, that, where does so where does Drew Locke fall into place there for you in Superflex? I still think those other players are probably better assets. The ones that we have mentioned already. Agree. Um, and. I would take Noah Fant ahead of him. So would Superflex. I. I would take Noah Fant for sure. Plus, most Superflex are tight end premium, so that even makes it even more intriguing. So I'm having, what are you thinking, round like 9, nine 10, 10, 11? That's where, that's where in a Superflex I, I would feel comfortable taking him. In a nor- I mean, in a normal, just regular one QB draft. Oh, fifth round? Yeah, fourth, fifth round. Yeah, I want, yeah that, I'm not even going to game. I don't want anything. I'll, I'll wait for 2020. Yeah. I'll take a quarterback. Absolutely. So with Drew Locke, the way I look at him is 
He's got a really nice arm. He can make some really nice throws. But again, we've seen tons of quarterbacks coming to the NFL that can have a really good arm. You know, that's why you get drafted because you have a really good arm. Right. But mentally, to be a really good quarterback, that's the most important thing. Like you don't even have to have a record. You have to be smart. And you got to have a good mental capability of the game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of worries come out with Drew Locke with that. And if you can get that right, there's potential there. That's a big, gigantic if. That's like literally saying, hey, if so-and-so could just hold on to the ball and start catching the ball better, he's going to be a really good receiver. <laughs> that, that's how many a, of those guys learn how to catch all of a sudden? Not many, man. Yeah, he's got the gyps, man, and I don't know. I mean, if, that, if you're, you're scared at Missouri, phew, welcome to mile die, son. Yep. You're yeah. going down. So to me, like, in the Superflex, we're right around 12. Like, it'd be interested. I'd be interested in them, but it it really I'm like man I'd rather just take it I'd rather take Paris Campbell I'll take a quarterback next year you know what I mean like I'll just or I'll make a move I just I I don't for a first round pick in a super flex even that late it's a very valuable pick he worries me a lot I don't think I would draft him personally I don't think I would either okay to be honest so I think I think we were probably overvaluing him putting him yeah I don't like him that much I mean I like his arm talent but there's just there the red flags outweigh. The goodness of it all, but now I want to talk about another quarterback. How, let me let me just dig into that just uh, a, just a hair because I think we I think we nailed his perceived value on in, in our eyes, and I don't think it's first round pick. I think we had him too high when we said to eight, nine, ten, eleven, somewhere in there. I yeah. think that's too high. I do too. I, where do you think? Like where where's the tipping point for you? If he was sitting there at two point three, would you would yeah. you snag? Oh him up? yeah, anywhere in the second round. Okay, anywhere in the second round. Yeah, any quarterback that gets drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, no matter how, no matter how bad, I don't really love them. Example like Drew Locke. Sure, they're gonna get. They're on a five year rookie deal. You know, they're gonna get most of that. Most of that money is guaranteed, anyways. They're gonna have opportunity. They're gonna have a decent opportunity, and. At some point, that opportunity, even if I don't like him, he's still a young quarterback, I will most likely be able to flip that into equal value of what I paid, right? Where if somebody else needs a quarterback all of a sudden, you know, if I took him with 2-1, I could flip him for a 20-20 first, which is going to be a deeper draft class, and try and move, not for a first, but even, say, worst case, Drew Locke, you probably get like another, a, a high second-round pick right. for him. Right. Like, I think those kind of players, you can still get value out in a short period. I feel confident enough for the way I watch a game where I'd be able to watch Drew Locke for his first, like, say, 19 games in the NFL and get somewhat of a grasp if he's going to get better in those categories that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like he can't or it does look some hopeless, I could flip him for a second. You know what I mean? Like, if I take him in a second, I feel like I can get a second back, I guess, is the best way to put you. it. Yeah. Because just because just the quarterback's value is so high. You just have to get out early yep. on him. Yep. You know what I mean? You just have to get out early on him. Mm-hmm. And then try and target somebody that has, like, say, when the Denver, hey, you have Cortland Sun. Yeah, that's a good combo. You get the Cortland Sun, Drew Locke combo, combination. Right. For, 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 for the low, low price of a second round pick. Yeah. And for a quarter, like, for guys like that that get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, they ha- they hold value for at least the first couple of years, even right. in your super flex. I mean, people would be interested in Chad Kelly in a super flex league before he got kicked out. You know, with his arrest. So to me, I think I think right there, high in the second round pick. Like if I had the first, if I had the first pick, my team's rebuild mode, and I took Dwayne Haskins, I would have no problem coming back in the second round taking Drew Locke, trying to move him. You know, right, right. And if they both hit, now I have a really good commodity. 
where I can I don't have to worry about oh I missed out on so and so tight end or I missed out on so and so running back or so and so receiver because now I can get a proven tight end, a proven running back, or a proven receiver with if you have a young, talented quarterback in Superflex, you know, the world's yours. Yep. You you could you could train him for whoever you want to train him for. Like Baker Mayfield in Superflex right now. You, who, who, Forget about you it. want Devontae Adams? Yep. You can get Devontae Adams for Baker Mayfield. You mean? Pat Mahomes, you can get anybody you want for Pat Mahomes. You want Alvin Kamara? You can get him from Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. And you should be able to. He's gonna be a starter for the next twelve years or something like that. So that's why you go best player available. You take the quarter like definitely in Superflex, you take the quarterback mm-hmm. because the, the return is so great, you can get a much better player than you would have drafted there. You can get somebody yeah, I like Terry McLaurin a lot, but you know, if Drew L- Daniel Jones hits or not Daniel Jones, but Drew Locke hits, then I can get somebody that's probably better than McLaurin that's already proven uh, or in a position of need. I can get, like, George Kittle if I need a tight end. Right. So, and then some. So, speaking of Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones out of Duke, six foot five, 221, 4.840. Um, this is somebody, Matt, that I really didn't have anything on. Like, I had no, no interpretation. I had no, like, perceived... Going into it, you didn't have any preconceived notion of Yes. Okay. There you go. That's exactly what I was looking to say. But your brain is way better than my brain. Gotcha. You're just, so articulate. Just for right now. You're a good podcaster. Thanks, man. I appreciate you being here with me. I couldn't do this without you. <laughs> so Daniel Jones, a senior bowl MVP, is somebody that I came away with liking. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot. Like, I think this guy could be something. He, has, the NFL. he actually has all the tools. Yes, he is somebody, again, he's a Senior Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. uh, coached by Eli and Peyton Manns coach, right. college coach, David Cutliffe. That's, yep. that's some good teaching there at Tennessee and Ole Miss. He spoke very highly of him as well. Yes. Heard him in an interview um, talking about um, Daniel Jones and, and really likes a lot of his game. He's got a career 59.9% career completion percentage, but I want to put a caveat on that. I was going to put a caveat on it as well. Go oh, ahead. look, we're on the same page. Yeah. His wide receivers Terrible. suck <laughs> the biggest balls this side of the Mississippi. Right? He, they had 38 drops in 2018 alone. They were the number two team in all of college football and drop passes. I didn't, I didn't look up the stats, but I literally wrote, wide receivers didn't help them out much at all. At all on with drops on catchable passes, both on short and long passes. Like, it doesn't matter where he's throwing them; they're they're dropping them. I tried to get the total number of drops his entire career. Yeah, like I wanted like I want to come on this podcast and have like like what his career completion percentage would have been if they were on the obvious drops, but I couldn't find it. But I did find out that last year they're the number two team in all of college football drop passes, and his offensive line wasn't very good either no, at Duke. Weren't. So I take that fifty nine point nine. Completion percentage with a grain of salt. He should have been much higher. I mean, they dropped some easy balls. I out mean, there. literally, like little ten yard hitch route. The guy turns around, he hits him right in between the numbers, and the guy just drops it. I'm like, and then then back to back deep bombs that are like literally in hands in the hands over the shoulder in the did, basket. Did you watch the Clemson game? Is Clemson tape? Uh, maybe that was the one I was looking from for. recent this year. Like uh no I don't think I did okay so like the, like the Clemson game for example like Clemson like that game was like they're in it surprisingly like really early Clemson wasn't really scoring they were up like two touchdowns by the half but for the first like 
let's say, 25 minutes. Like, Duke was in it. And Duke, honestly, like, there's one play in the first quarter where he threw it, like, same thing, deep, dropped it right, right off his hands. It would have been right on the goal line. They would have taken the lead over Clemson there. Yeah. Um, so his, yeah, his his teammates. I'm sorry, and if you, some of you guys listen to this, sorry, you guys suck. Um, and he's a tough dude too, man. He's somebody that broke his clavicle, came back three weeks later. Uh, he's very, very mobile and athletic. That this, was that was what, could run. One of the first games I watched was was like the first game back from that, and he was a little rough around the edges, and you could tell. But then it would, then it really explained why it was because he's like basically coming right back from a from a collarbone injury. They lost that game. Mm-hmm. Um, his numbers weren't great, but knowing that he broke his clavicle three weeks ago, it puts a lot in perspective. It, it, it shows his is. toughness. Yep. Um, love his athleticism too, man. Like this dude could, for six foot five, two twenty one. I know it says he ran a four eight forty, but like he was outrunning. Like there's tape. He's outrunning defenders all over the place. He can move. He can move. He's he's like one of those sneaky fast type of type of quarterbacks. I mean, remember early on in like Flacco's career where he was like busting out like forty yard like random uh-huh. runs. I, I see him like that. I don't think he's going to be one of these guys that's like you know like running at, you know like a, a young Andrew Luck who was like running around a little bit probably too much. I don't think he's going to be that in the NFL. But he reminds I, me of more of like a like he's like kind of like a Mitch Trubisky. I think he can. I think he can get the occasional first down and stuff like that. And he oh, can, there's he, not a doubt in my mind he can do that. He definitely has enough uh, you know movement skills to get outside the pocket and, and make plays and stuff like that. Yeah, I I mean that, that, and that's yeah he can move. Like I I feel comfortable with him getting outside the pocket and rolling for a twenty yard run if need be. Mm-hmm. If something's open, he could take it. Uh, you could read a defense. He go through his progressions. He's very, very accurate on his short, the intermediate throws. He is. Like, yep, that's where he definitely excelled. He dominates there. I mean, he gets the ball out real quick. Uh, his arm's not like – he's not the greatest arm in the world, and some of his deep balls can float. But to me, that's not a big deal. Like, he's a prototypical West Coast offense kind of guy. Get the ball, get out quick, take your drops, get it out there. To me, I love him. I tweeted this out the other night. Like, if he goes to the Giants, is he's a top six rookie pick in your NFL draft? To me, or your uh, Superflex draft, if he goes to the Giants, Matt, he gets a big bump. I like him working with Pat Shermer, mm-hmm. like what Shermer did with Case Keenum. That West Coast offense. You got the, we mentioned two slot receivers earlier, and Sterling Shepard, Case Keenum, Evan Ingram, and then Saquon as well. For him to get the ball out quickly too. I mean, Golden Tate's won the best in the NFL with the ball after you know with the ball in his hands after the catch. I'd really like him a lot with and the Giants. You, I think he fits Shermer's system beautifully. Do you think? Do you think he's a first round quarterback? In I the, do think he's the, a first round in the NFL. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred hundred percent. I think he's his upside is there. Like again, his but in his deep ball is not even that bad. If you even go back to the Clemson ball game, he went deep a lot. You know what I mean? But I mean, with his offensive line play and his receivers same not even an opportunity there to go deep but he threw the ball like i think some of the like some of the reports on him some of the scout reports would say like oh his deep ball is not that great i didn't think it was as bad as some of these people were saying honestly i came away more impressed than what i, I thought i was getting myself into like because i had to do before i watched tape is i like to read a couple people's scouting reports sure. that i like to help me you know maybe look for a couple things that i wouldn't be necessarily looking for and it's one of the things I was looking for is deep ball. And I saw it. 
Some of it floated, some of it floated, and like some of them weren't that great. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, I thought he. I mean, he throws with a nice trajectory. I mean, he gets the ball up there at least and gives his wide receivers a chance. So. Oh, he chucks it. He chucks yeah. it pretty flat. Like, sometimes you see him like when he throw like he'll plant like this, and sometimes he'll like throw it. I'm not, we're doing a podcast. I can't. So yeah, no one. This isn't translating over to yeah. the. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, he, I, I think he looked nice throwing. The, I, I think. He's a nice natural thrower of the football. I think he's got enough arm strength, which is important. I don't think he's he doesn't have a laser. He doesn't have the best arm. He doesn't even have the second or third probably best arm in this draft. But I but I think he has enough. Yeah, I like him on the Broncos. I like him on the Giants. Yeah, I'll take him. Hmm. Those are two spot two spots I like him. Sure, at, you know what I mean. Um, Miami this year. No, not, but he wouldn't play this year anyways. But I like to see what Miami's going to build around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Daniel Jones to me has the tools to be an NFL quarterback. Like, I, mean, I, I think as far as uh, sorry, as far as landing spots, I mean, I think I think the Giants and and, and the Broncos are probably the the best two spots. No, yeah. I mean Miami is no not a great Jacksonville spot, in my opinion. No, right. So I mean, I think in general, like most of these quarterbacks. I, I'm going to feel better if they're going there. I mean, Arizona, who knows? That's kind of an unknown. And even if they need one or if they're going to pick one and, the, and how that spot what is. What if the Raiders shocked the world and they took Daniel Jones? You know what? Um, I heard a report that the Raiders worked out Dwayne Haskins. They're working out every quarterback, Matt. Yeah. So I thought that was a little odd um, just given their quarterback situation. But maybe maybe they have other plans that you know they haven't filled this in on. They have a ton of capital. They have a ton of draft capital. Yeah, I think I think this is a pretty weak quarterback class, right? Right. There's only three guys that I like, mm-hmm. like Kyler Murray, right? Dwayne Haskins, and I like Daniel Jones. I like Daniel like, Jones. I'm so. I'm on board with Daniel Jones. Like, if we need a quarterback, that was my NFL team need a quarterback. We drafted him out of Duke. I'm like, oh no. I think there's a lot to like about his game to be a nice, solid, above average quarterback like like a slightly better Andy Dalton I could Daniel Jones I think yeah. he's got higher upside than that to be honest yeah no he has higher upside than Andy oh, okay. Dalton, but like a sli- but Andy Dalton's like average right so Andy Dalton's the average so sure. I could see him being so say Andy Dalton's quarterback 16 mm-hmm. right so I could see him being right 13 to 15 but still, I mean, sure. the super flex, that's fantastic, though. You know what I mean? Is. Like, you need to start a guy. Like, again, he's – you know, could it be better than that? Absolutely. I mean, you, could always, you know, these quarterbacks, again, it's, I mean, who who's to say? This guy can't be one of the best in the league eventually. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, I could – I'd be – I'm coming away completely satisfied. So he goes – say he goes to the Giants, right? And you're getting 18 to 21 points a game from him, and you're fine with that. Yeah. If he, if he went to the Giants, I had pick three in the draft. Mm-hmm. And it went Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray – and I desperately say my quarterbacks were uh, Alex Smith, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, and then I had like one like and then say I did have Baker, you know what sure. I mean, or or say I have Sam Darnold, for example, and I need a quarterback. Yeah, I'd have no problem taking Daniel Jones. All right, I like him too. I like him a lot. I think. There, if he goes there, if uh, it has to be the right situation ha- again. Only if he go, only if he goes to New York right. or possibly Denver, would I take him there. Anywhere else, he falls out of that top 
six, seven category. Right. It depends how desperate my team is for quarterback. But once you get a bit later, you're a little bit less desperate. But I, he's 100% a first-round pick in the Superflex League, and I like him. I think he's my number three overall quarterback, and I think he's got a nice NFL future for him. I'm with you there. All right, moving on. Tyree Jackson, Buffalo, six foot seven, two hundred and forty-nine uh uh pounds, ran a four five nine forty, which is pretty fast, but he didn't run in college at all. I mean, he was 2018 Mac Offensive Player of the Year. Matt, this dude's career completion percentage is fifty-five point eight percent. He's got an arm that's really strong. It's his best attribute. Unfortunately, this dude's not accurate at all. <laughs> Stares down his receivers. He doesn't step up in the pocket a lot. Uh, to me, he's not an NFL quarterback. He's way too inaccurate. I want nothing to do with him. That pretty much sums him up. Uh, listen, I, I know that he had a horrible percentage, you know, completion percentage, and he throws the ball really hard, which probably doesn't make it easy, easy for his, yep. easy for his wide receivers to. He's catch. got a rocket arm. He has got a rock. He has the best arm in the, in the class. Yeah, he's Uncle Rico. He's thrown over the mountains. He is, but. You know, how many times are we going to see these type of guys and just say the same thing? Like if if you're scattershot with with your accuracy, you can have the best arm in the world. It's not going to help. You know what I mean? Like you, you, accuracy is the most important thing. He'll be lucky to be a backup quarterback. I, I'm with you there, man. I just, I, I'm just, I just don't see it. Somebody, like I heard, I'm already to move on. I'm ready to move on. I heard a comp like that he's like, comparable to to logan thomas who ended up who? Having, exactly he had to convert to tight end yeah so he, he's not he's not a quarterback that i'd no. want anything to do with no he's he's a late he's a fifth round pick fourth round fourth round pick in this draft in a super flex league right even. i have no confidence in him whatsoever um can we move on let's move on yeah we're gonna have time here uh, Ryan Finley, NC State, six foot four, two hundred thirteen pounds, ran a four seven three forty. Um, did not have a good senior bowl. Uh, his arms not terrific. He's six foot. He's He's, he's kind of lanky. Yeah. Know? No, he's he's tall and and you know a little bit on the thin side. Um, I think you know there's times when he looks good and you th- told me you like this guy and 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 throws pretty nice, but I'm not sure he has enough in his arm. You know what I mean? Enough arm Dude, talent. His arms, period. his arm talent's not good at all. His deep balls are not good. He stares down his receivers. Yep. This guy that had Kelvin Harmon on his team, which benefited him. You know, he had, the nicest pass I saw was a back shoulder pass to Kelvin Harmon right in the corner of the end zone. I was like, oh, that was nice. That was the best play I saw him play. Like I can't remember who it was. Didn't even come like in his big games. UNC, Clemson, terrible. Senior Bowl, terrible. Um, against. First, if it's not his first read, like where else is? He? I feel like they just get like, up. Oh, there's the first read. He's covered. Gotta go. I think initially when I was when I was watching him, didn't throw touchdowns. No, I I did like him, and I, it was mostly when I was watching the Kelvin Harmon stuff. Um, so I wasn't honed in on him as much. You're watching Kelvin Harmon, who who I like, right? Which might have might have put on some rose colored glasses, and it makes me like Kelvin Harmon. Even, even a little more. bit more, yeah. Because Ryan Finley held him back, and honestly, if it wasn't for Kelvin Harmon, I don't even think we'd be mentioning Ryan Finley's name right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he has enough arm strength or just talent to be an NFL quarterback. I think his base best case scenario is like a long term backup. Have fun in the AAF. Yep, Alliance or the XFL. Moving on, same thing with Tyree Jackson. Have fun there. Um, Will Greer, West Virginia, six foot one, two hundred seventeen pounds. Four eight four forty. 
Uh, this guy was a big time Florida recruit in 2015. You, you know, they got suspended for PEDs, sat out, came back, didn't get his job back, so he transferred over to West Virginia. Uh, this is somebody that seems to, you know, seems like he's somebody that going into this, I had a really low expectation on from the, like some of the stuff I saw throughout the year. I didn't really like what I saw, right? but I actually dug into his tape. It was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. That's exactly how I felt about him as well. Um, because early on, early on, I just, I, I, there was nothing there that, that I liked, you know what I mean? It was just, Size wasn't great. He just didn't seem to have enough athleticism and arm strength. But the more you look at it, he's just a little bit of a gamer. You know what I mean? When you actually watch the tape, and, and that that I actually do like. I like his accuracy. And yeah, his accuracy was better um, than I thought it would be as well. I like the way he read defense. The here's the thing I don't like about Will Greer after watching more like, but this isn't something that scares me away from him. It's something that could be. This is something that could actually be coach. The dude tries to be a hero all the time. He makes a lot of dumb mistake, a lot of red zone interceptions, a lot of sacks. He does not have to take like at all, which causes some dumb fumbles right. as well. I saw that in tapes. Yep. Here's the thing. If I draft Will Greer, what I'm telling him one, two, three, throw the, throw ball. the ball. He looks great when he, when he's, when he hits that back step and just gets rid of the ball. Yes. He looks great. And he, gets, he could get the ball downfield and get yeah. there accurately. Like again, yeah. I had a really, really negative. I have our friend, John Walshko, uh, who were in, I'm going to next week with, you know, he's like, oh, I like Will Greer. I'm like, he's trash, dude. He's trash. And I was saying that without watching the tape. You know, but from what I saw throughout the college year, a couple of things like, he's, he's trash because this is the kind of stuff I saw. You know what I mean? Like right. the reckless abandonment. Um, like not like the Baker side or something like that, who's really good with it. Like trash. But after like watching some games, looking into him again, one, two, three, throw the ball, and there's some potential there. Uh, somebody again, I'd want to sit. Not the greatest size, six foot one, two seventeen either. A lot of moxie, the kid. That's what I saw most. That's what came out um, on on tape. Just watching watching the games, like the full games. That you can actually see that in his game. He's my QB four. Okay, like uh, just because if he got in the right offense, I, I mean, another one of these, you know, like West Coast type of offenses where he's getting rid of the ball quickly and getting into the wide receiver's hands. On shorter routes, I think that I think that that kind of offense he could excel in, and and actually be one of these guys that kind of is he like a a better case Keenum because he you know he's not maybe as 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 afraid. I think I don't I don't know uh-huh. if that's an accurate. Yeah, I would love that. I don't have a comp for him, but I bet I could sit down and think of a good comp with for him mm-hmm. um, like that. I like him more just because than Drew Locke, just because again his mental aspect is I'm trying to be the man. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be this big time recruit guy that comes in here and be the guy, and that could be fixed to me. Okay, short and sweet about it. Right. He's intriguing. I like him. Don't love him, but in super flex second round, feeling you're feeling okay about draft. Okay. Oh, oh, for sure in this draft class, hundred percent. Yeah, if I can get a quarterback that has any kind of like potential, he's one of them. So. But he, I really want to see where he gets drafted. You know what I mean? That, that's mm-hmm. where I want to see before I, before I really dig into before Will Greer. Before you rubber stamp that? Well, it's just I feel like we could talk about Will Greer a lot better about seeing where he's going, where he's going to land. And the fit. And, and the fit. You uh, know what I mean? Like, I think he is definitely a, a guy that's going to be scheme-specific. Scheme yeah. Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, the, I feel like they could be successful wherever they go. They're extremely talented quarterbacks. 
Daniel Jones, I'd like to have him a little bit more scheme fitted. Will Greer, I'd like to have even more scheme fitted. Right. Um, let's talk about Trace. We got two more guys here. Let's get through them quickly. Trace McSorley out of Penn State, six foot, two hundred two pounds, ran a four five seven forty. Um, 2018 was definitely his worst year after Saquon left, which kind of makes me worried too. I think you know he had a 53.2% completion percentage. Um, so a big step back after senior year. And it's, again, coincidence that Saquon left? No. I don't the, think so. And he had good players around this guy, him. This guy's not a good NFL quarterback. No, he had Miles Boykin and he had Miles Sanders. So to me, he's not, they wanted him to play cornerback. He wouldn't. Um, his completion percentage on deep throws, Matt, 30 Nine percent. His accuracy is par best. His completion percentage on all throws this past year fifty three point two percent. He's just not a good quarterback. He's not. So don't draft him. Don't draft him. Um, last guy we're gonna talk about real quick. Easton Stick out of North Dakota State. Six foot one, two hundred twenty four pounds. Ran a four six two forty. He was the replacement to Carson Wentz. He was out and there. Look at it. Did you see, did you by any chance see his three cone and twenty yard shuttle? No. 6.65. He's mobile. And a 4.05. So this guy can actually move a little bit, which is, which is crazy. Dude, you're talking about Mr. All-FCS here. He, he is. And, it, you know, obviously they – I don't know if it's obvious, but they they run a pro-style offense there they at do. least. Um, I think he – you know, he's a, he's a, he's a good – he's a good – athlete and it shows up 41 career rushing touchdowns it it really does show up in in the rushing stats and all that kind of stuff obviously coming from the lower level this guy is going to be he's not a Carson Wentz-esque prospect no he's going to be like a a very developmental type of guy that's going to need time to to really fester and, and and sit there on the on the bench and hone a lot of skills he's somebody that you take maybe late in the second round Mm -hmm. if he gets drafted say in the third round, fourth round, possibly, by a team like the Chargers. You know what I mean? Somewhere where you know he's going to sit for a little while, for at least two years, right? Um, Pittsburgh, but they already got Mason Rudolph. But to me, like a team like the Chargers comes to mind, right? right? Like, what if he gets drafted by like the Patriots or something like that? Same perfect, same ML. Perfect uh, scenario. Any situation. Yeah. Like, you know, anybody has a quarterback that's on the, you know, the brisk of – or not the breast, the cusp of ending up. You know, the Saints, even though they got Teddy B. But something along those lines right. where you know he's going to sit for a little bit, but after that, he has a chance. A real, a real chance to be like the next Jimmy Garoppolo. Because it's hard to of, tell. I mean, yeah. when you're sitting there, I mean, I, I got to admit, like when I'm watching the tape on him, I watched, I think, because you, I wasn't even watching it, but you told me to watch mm-hmm. tape on him. So I did it last night. Right. I only watched two games. I watched him versus uh, South Dakota State. And I think I watched him versus Temple, maybe like Western Illinois some, Temple. Some, yeah, it, like it, it, it was it was and it was even fun. It wasn't fun. Like it is hard to watch because yeah. it's lower level type of stuff. So when it, you watch tape on a player, like you're not watching the entire game, you watch. It's usually about nine minutes because you watch every snap that that player plays. So like, I found myself with Easton Stick like right around like six minutes. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for these last two minutes to get over it with. <laughs> And I and I, got, and I pause the tape. I'm like, no, focus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's where I was though with these sticks. I'm sure. Just, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and try and talk him up, but he's uh, okay. And he's not worth a second round. He's a third round pick. He's a third round Super pick. League. Unless unless he goes to like one of those places that you're saying that that he could very well be the guy that they're they're picking as the heir apparent. And if if they pick him in the second round or something like that, well, second round that's way different. Sure. Then I'm yeah. Then I'm taking him in the second round of my rookie draft for sure. And that, like for sure. Right. I mean, that's not going to happen because he's, not, gonna he's happen not that talented at all. But I'm just throwing out crazy scenarios. Um, 
but I think he does. I think he moves the ball. You know, he moves in the pocket well. He can throw well on the run, and he and he looks good when he when he's another one of these guys that he gets rid of the ball. If when he gets rid of the ball quickly, he looks really good. So yeah, he's not. His tape looks all right. It should. He's playing against. He's plays in the FCS. Yeah, he's playing in so, the FCS. So, but hey, I mean. Flacco's from Delaware. Exactly. It does happen. You know, so I mean, Carson Wentz is from the same school. So Exactly. Jimmy Garoppolo is from Eastern Carolina. So is Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alcorn State for Steve McNair. Sure. I mean, tons of these guys are from small schools. They could turn out to be good. So, But that's why he's on our list and we're even talking about him. Yep. There's other guys we didn't talk about. True. Why? True statement. Because they're even bigger turds. Bigger turds. So let's rank these guys real quick before we get out of here. Dwayne Haskins, one. Kyler Murray, two. A clo- close second. Yeah, 1A, 1B. Daniel Jones, three. Three. Will Greer, four. I'm fine with that. Drew Locke, five. Yep. Easton Stick, six. Because <laughs> the other fine. guys, because the I, other guys are like Trace McSorley. You're right, because I'm not even drafting Ty, any other guys. Tyree so Jackson. Six. And that's it. Yeah. And like, literally right now, that's it. Right? right? That is it. So that's it for the uh, quarterback episode. Next week, we're going to dive into running backs. Running, so, running, run, running, running. This year, I can see this, um, the running backs probably being a two-episode podcast this year we'll see it's for sure not gonna be one so t- i can't see it getting to three it's this not year. gonna get to three. 2020 that's gonna be a three episodes yeah receivers three episodes for sure definitely tight ends one episode one episode yeah and by then it's gonna be the nfl draft uh and then we're gonna do it over again i'm gonna do a rookie mock draft we'll talk about the nfl draft but it's in the books mac our uh 2019 nfl quarterbacks breakdown here they are felt good man in the meantime if you want to talk about anything dynasty related projectile vomiting Anything. Handsomeness, beautifulness. Hit me up on Twitter. Direct those questions to Rich. At Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. What do you want to talk about on Twitter? Everything, except for the stuff you just mentioned. Pet Cemetery coming out soon. <laughs> Stranger Things, Game of Thrones coming out soon. Ooh. Can't wait. Just finished it. Watched it from the beginning with the wife. Loved it. It's way better the second time around. Best show ever. I got me and Me and my wife are, are going to start watching the last season coming up soon. Best show. How many weeks do we have ever. for that? Is it April? April 14th? April 14th, so yeah. we got about a month. Oh, yeah. Oh, can't wait. Nice. Um, make sure you follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure you go to DynastyNerds.com every day. Not only are we going to break them down here, but we get our writer's perspectives as well. They, we have new rookie articles coming up every single day. Garrett's going to come back probably next week, help us break down some of these running backs too, get a third eyes on this as well. Make sure if you want to talk Dynasty fans football, join our Facebook group. Go to DynastyNerds.com, click the chat group thing. We're almost at 4,000 users on Growing that Growing every day. Every day. Like, literally every single day, there's, like, 25 people that join on there. I know our rankings, you know, I'm talking about last nerd standing and our rankings. Apparently, I talk, I actually got some info on this today. Can I tweet out the last nerd standings logo? The setback here is the, we're having, like, server issues. There's, like, bots, like, literally attacking our site. So we have to, like, build something else, like, to stop our site from getting attacked on this. And then it'll be up. I'm hoping this week, dude. There it, yeah, me too. <laughs> my, I just got a bunch of like error messages on my phone because our email went all wonky when all this other crap was happening. Exactly. Well, see, I, my email has been down for months yep. for that. But yeah, Josh, he said, he's like, dude, he's like, I can't even get the emails up now because of the server. Right. He's like, but we're working on it. It should be done this week. So I'm not a big computer guy. I know it goes on with this stuff, but apparently that's been our problem for literally a month and a half because our new ranking system is going to be so sexy. It has so much information. We had to switch servers because our rankings are going to be so, that elaborate. Like, when you want information on a player, their stats, live stats, everything. Our new ranking system is going to be a beautiful thing. 
I can't wait to see him. Me too. And last nerd standing, to say I've been anxious to tell you guys about this and get it launched, it's been it's that's an understatement. He's been he's been itching like um like what I smoke rocks, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Somebody know about me, Joe Rogan. So I desperately get down there. I'm gonna do a live Twitter video. The moments out there, I thought about talking about the rules beforehand too, but just it's not smart. I want to make sure I talk about it when it's, you actually buy entry into the leagues. Um, so hopefully again. Desperately this week, even though Josh, who runs the site part of it for us, uh, is on his way to Florida right now. Well, it'll get done. So this podcast is up a little bit late today. It's because, guess what? <laughs> Josh was on his way to Florida. <laughs> In the meantime, if you want to leave us a rating review on podcast, on iTunes, do that too. We appreciate it. We have, We're fighting to, do. what, yep. 700 reviews? 750 or something, I thought. Oh, we're, we're going 800. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think we have like 748 or something like that. Whatever. If you have an iPhone, leave us a rating review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. Yep. Is that too much to ask? Not at all. Stop being so selfish with your time. <laughs> give back a little. How much do we give to you? I got to go. Now I'm angry. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.